Luke chapter 2, verses 51 and 52, the Word of God says, let's read them in unison, ready? And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the example that you left us. Thank you for the Bible that gives us everything we need to know for life and godliness. And I pray tonight as we talk about this one subject, this one concept, that this wouldn't just be informational but transformational, that we would see this as a possibility for our own lives and we would begin tonight a lifetime of striving to have this in our lives and increasing in it as we go forward. Uh, and may you honor yourself and glorify yourself in us and through us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, this, of course, speaks of uh, the young Christ. And as he began growing, and he was a young man here, 12 years of age, uh, he learned and explained to his mom and stepdad that he must be about his father's business in verse 49 verse 51 then he went home and became subject unto them and uh, mom was keeping an eye knowing that this was special there was something different about this boy and of course she knew that from the very moment the angel first visited her but now imagine having a son that you never had to correct you never had to give a time out you never had to give a spanking uh, I mean, it's she was her mind is constantly turning with wow, with what she was seeing, uh, and then we see in verse fifty-two the Bible gives some commentary about this uh, time in the life of Christ from the time he was a, a young man, probably about twelve years of age, until his earthly ministry begins, was when we start hearing about him again. We see in verse fifty-two, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and man. I want to preach on that phrase tonight, that he increased in favor with God and man. I don't know if you've ever thought about the favor of God. What does it mean to have God's favor? What does it mean to increase in the favor of God? Uh, this is a life-changing truth. And as a young man... I thought about this, and God spoke to my heart, and I thought, what if, what if in my life God could help me increase in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man? This is a powerful truth. And so tonight I want to preach on this subject, gain favor with God and man. Gain favor with God and man. What is favor? Well, Webster's 1828 Dictionary says favor, the noun, is defined as a kind regard, a kindness, a friendly disposition. It's also defined as support, defense, vindication, uh, a kind act, lenity, mildness, uh, goodwill. And so uh, this kind of regard, that if you have favor on someone, you have uh, goodwill towards them. You have positive thoughts. You prefer them. You choose them. Uh, the verb form of favor 
uh, says to regard with kindness, to support, to aid, to have the disposition to aid, to have the desire to aid, to want to help someone, to wish success. It also means to afford advantages for success, to facilitate. So imagine if in the favor of God, if God looked at you and said, I I regard you with kindness, I want to support you, I want to aid you, I'm going to help you be successful, I'm going to give you every advantage for success. How many of you would like to have God's favor in your life tonight? Folks, we need it. We desperately need it. And of course, God is gracious and His grace is upon us through Christ, but to have this special favor of God, a favor is an element of grace. Matter of fact, in, in your King James Bible, the, the word favor there is actually the same Greek word as the word for grace. Favor is an element of grace. Grace is a much larger word. It encompasses so much more, but favor is a part of God's grace that is directed to you, a specific grace, a specific regard for you, where God almost, if you're in a dark room and someone shines a a flashlight on you or a a spotlight comes on you, that you're in a room full of light, but now concentrated light comes your direction. Yes, we, we have the grace of God in our lives, but what if you could have concentrated grace put to you? What if God could choose you out of a crowd and say, I'm going to give you extra help? I'm going to support you unlike I support others. I'm going to give you advantages that others don't have. Would you like that? Of course we would. (coughs) Synonyms for favor are kindness, support, defense. How many of you would like to have God support you? How many of you would like to have God defend you? Leniency. How many of you would like some lenience whenever you deserve uh, some bad things? What about goodwill? What about aid and help? If you study the Bible, the biblical illustration of favor is found in the Old Testament story of Leah and Rachel. Uh, Leah and Rachel were sisters. They had a lot in common. Leah, the older sister, Rachel, the younger sister. But a young man came along and he wanted to marry who? Rachel. Rachel. He chose Rachel. He preferred Rachel. But the dad gave him Leah first, but he really wanted Rachel. And Genesis 29, 17 says Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob chose Rachel. Now, he was married to both of them, but he really wanted Rachel. Rachel was his favorite. She was preferred. Every chance he got, he spent time with Rachel instead of Leah. Why? She had his favor. Another Old Testament illustration of favor is found in Exodus chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. I'll read it for you. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass that when ye go, that when ye go, ye shall not go empty, but every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her that sojourneth in her house jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment, and ye shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and ye shall spoil the Egyptians." Of course, this is after the Passover. God is telling them, I'm going to kill the firstborn, and then you're going to need to leave very quickly, but I'm not going to send you out poor and broke. You're going to uh, ask the Egyptians around you for their things, and they will gladly give them to you. Why? Because God says, I will give you 
favor in their eyes. I will give them a disposition to help you. I will have them help you at their own expense. I will aid you in an unusual way. And when we talk about the favor of God, we're even talking about situations like this where God worked it out that as the Egyptians left in a hurry in the Passover, uh, or af- after that uh, final judgment there, the killing of the firstborn, they left rich and the Egyptians were poor. Why? Because of God's favor. Favor is God's aid, His help, His assistance. The truth is we all want favor. We enjoy being well thought of. We all like the idea of special treatment. Look at Proverbs chapter 22. We're talking about how to gain favor with God and man. Everybody wants favor. Everybody wants to be well thought of. And we'd all like to have a little bit of special treatment now and again. Proverbs 21, 22, uh, excuse me, 22, verse 1. Proverbs 22, verse 1. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Now, we know that. That's a familiar verse. But look at the second part. And loving favor rather than silver and gold. God says it's better for you to have loving favor than for someone to just give you cash. We all desire favor. And the truth is, if you could be truly loved by your spouse or have them buy you something, you'd probably choose love. If you could be truly loved and spend time with your parents versus just them having buying you gifts or taking you on trips, you'd probably choose the love. Uh, Because loving favor is something that we all desire. Mankind tries to earn a form of human favor in different ways. For example, the Bible says the rich... The rich don't have any need of friends. Rich people always have friends. Why? Because they got money. The problem is when you're rich, I've been told, and the Bible says this, is if you're rich, you don't know who your real friends are and who those are that just want your money. But see, people want to have favor in the eyes of a rich person. Why? Because of what that person can buy them. They ingratiate themselves to the Jeff Bezoses and the, the, uh, the rich people of the world. Uh, that, that, that they can buy things and you get close to, your, uh, to the rich people and you be kind to them and you do special things for them. And why? You're trying to earn a form of favor. Uh, sometimes mankind tries to earn a form of favor by position. Uh, getting extra close to the boss, being different, treating different those who are in a position to give you things or to help you or to elevate you and treating them differently than you do the people who can do nothing for you. Mankind tries to earn favor by prestige. How can someone increase your social standing? I want to be close to them because they're popular. I want to be close to them because they've got a lot of friends. They've got connections. Uh, Sometimes just plain power. What can they do for you? I want to earn the favor of the powerful. This is how mankind tries to find favor. But let me warn you, don't fall in that trap. Don't fall in that trap seeking the favor of man because mankind is fickle and those things change and you can bend over backwards and still come up short. The Bible is very clear that some seek the favor of man, but they don't seek God's favor. Look at Proverbs 29 and verse 26. 
Many seek the ruler's what? Favor. But every man's judgment cometh from the Lord. And see, this is what I was talking about. They, we seek the, the ruler's favor. We seek the, the, the people in charge's favor, the, the people with money's favor, because we somehow think that if we can get close to them and if we can, if we can get them to like us or appreciate us, then, then we'll get something extra out of it. But, but God says, but every man's judgment cometh from the Lord. Your true judgment doesn't come from your boss. It doesn't come from the president. It doesn't come from government officials. It doesn't come from the rich people in town or in your life. It comes from the Lord. Why in the world would we spend time and effort seeking mankind's favor, but not seeking the favor of God? I encourage you tonight, I'm going to encourage you to seek the Lord's favor. Because that's something you can win. And that's something that you'll never be sorry You'll never be disappointed when you have the favor of God. Look at Proverbs chapter 19. Verse 6, many will entreat the favor of the prince. Why? Because he's the prince. He's got power. He's got position. He's got prestige. He's got money. He can do things for you. And then it goes on to say, and every man is a friend, put friend there in air quotes, is a friend to them that giveth gifts. It's like the prodigal son. He goes away, man. He's got a lot of friends as long as he's got money. But then the money drives up and he's all alone out living with the hogs. Those aren't real friends. And let me just encourage you. Facebook friends aren't real friends. Twitter followers aren't real friends. Uh, Social media likes are not the same as looking someone in the eyeball and and a smile and a handshake. Don't get caught up in all that drama. Uh, it's, it's all superficial, and it's a trap. Not to say those things can't be used and enjoyed if they're kept in the proper perspective. The Bible goes on to tell us human favor can be deceitful. Look at Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs 31, and look at verse 30. Favor is what? Deceitful, and beauty is vain or empty, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. And here the Bible tells us favor is deceitful. And uh, it's talking here in the, the context of, of a woman. Bad women know how to use favor to get what they want. They know how to use uh, this proposed kindness, uh, goodwill, you're my favorite, you're special to me. Uh, evil ladies, they, they, they don't rely on their character, and they don't rely on who they are, they rely on manipulation. And favor is deceitful. Someone can treat you nice and not mean it. Someone can manipulate you through kindness and flattery. Sometimes wicked people will pretend to favor you to get what they want. That ever happened to you? You ever had someone kind of get close to you so they could get something from you? A favor, human favor is deceitful. So the favor that I'm talking about tonight cannot be bought with money. And it can't be given with selfish motivation. It can't be earned from any man. 
We're talking tonight about the favor of God. The favor of God Almighty. And this is available to every one of us. You could have it tonight. You can have it tomorrow. The supernatural aid and assistance of God Almighty pointed at you, directed at you. That's the favor of God. We can look at the Bible. This is a whole other sermon. I'll just mention them to you. We see the benefits of God's favor in the Scripture. God's favor protects us, Psalm chapter 5, verse 12. God's favor strengthens us, Psalm chapter 30, verse 7. God's favor promotes us, Psalm chapter 44, verse 3. God's favor preserves us, Job chapter 10, verse 12. God's favor exalts us, Psalm 89, 17. How many of you wouldn't want that? We all need that. We could all use that. And back in our text in Luke chapter 2, it mentions that Jesus grew up increasing in favor with God. Now watch this, and man. This is the beautiful truth that when you get God's favor, God makes even your enemies to be at peace with you, Proverbs says. So when you earn God's favor, you earn the favor of man as well. You can earn the favor of man without God's favor. But why not get God's favor and you get the favor of man as well? Uh, we see in the, the scriptures examples of people who had God's favor on their lives. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 2. And look at verse 26. And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. Now we know Samuel became a great prophet. And he was growing up and he increased in favor with God and with man. See, God's favor is available to us. God's favor is available to you tonight. Look at Daniel chapter 1. I love hearing the pages of your Bible turns. Beautiful sound. Daniel chapter 1. And look at verse 9. Now God had brought Daniel into what? Favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Imagine how many people in this group were trying to get close to the prince of the eunuchs. I mean, this is the guy that pretty much oversaw their lives. They're slaves at this point. He decided when they ate and what they ate and when they played and how they played and what, what was available to them. But I don't believe Daniel tried to ingratiate himself to this this Babylonian leader, I think Daniel was concerned about getting close to God. And God said, Daniel, I will give you my favor. And as my favor is upon you, you now have favor in the sight of your earthly leadership. And of these people who are over you. We see Samuel had God's favor. We see that Daniel had God's favor. Look at Luke chapter 1 and verse 27, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Verse 28, and the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Here's a lady that was highly favored. She even got the privilege of carrying the Christ child. She had God's favor upon her. Men can have God's favor. Ladies can have God's favor. Older folks can have God's favor. Younger folks can have God's favor. You can have God's favor upon you tonight. 
We see in Acts chapter 7, I'll read it to you. Joseph in the Old Testament had God's favor. Acts chapter 7 verse 10 says, And delivered him out of all of his afflictions, and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh the king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Joseph had favor in the prison. Joseph had favor in the eyes of Potiphar. Joseph had favor in the eyes of Pharaoh. Why? Because he had the favor of God. He he was in favor with God and man. People looked at Joseph different. They had a disposition to help him. They had this desire to help him succeed. He had advantages in his life that other people around him didn't have. Why? Because of God's favor. My friend, I encourage you tonight, seek the favor of God of the Lord. Uh, Spend the rest of your life every single day seeking the favor of God. Seek money and be disappointed. Seek fame and be disappointed. Seek friends and be disappointed. Seek the favor of God and everything else comes along with it. I'm going to give you a few simple things here on how to gain favor With God and man. This is what God says. God specifically tells us, you want my favor? Here are some things you can do to gain my favor. With God and with man. And they're very simple. And you know them already. But we'll run through them and I'll give you a few verses for each. How to gain favor with God and man. Number one, wisdom. Turn to Proverbs chapter 8. You want God's favor? Be wise. You say, well, preacher, how can I be wise? Do what God tells you to do. Wisdom in its simplest form is obedience. Doing what God told you to do. That's wisdom. Wisdom is being able to see the world the way God sees it. It's skillful living. It's living according to the Word of God. It's doing what God tells you to do. And if you study your Bible at all, you know that obedience is the key to everything God has. You'll never get what you want. You'll never get what God has for you by disobeying Him. The way that you get what God wants is obeying Him. If you know what God wants in an area, do it. If you know what God wants in your finances, obey Him. If you know what kind of man or kind of woman you should be, Do it. If you know what kind of entertainment you should watch, do it. If you know what you should cut out of your life, cut it out. Why? Because every time you do what God says, God says that was wise, and that was wise, and that was wise, and that was wise, and that was was a good choice. And every time we choose wisdom, God says, oh, I like that. It's like Psalm chapter 1, that person, blessed is the man. Oh, he's like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He brings forth fruit in his season. His leaves don't wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's favor. Whatever he touches turns to gold. Doors open up. Opportunities open up. It's not fighting through the mud. It's not walking through the the swamp where it seems like every step you take you're trying to get your foot out of two feet of mud and, and, and suction and you get that up and you take that step and you get that up and take that step. The Bible illustration also is like trying to walk through a hedge, hedge of thorns. You just find a big briar patch and say, well, I'm going to head straight through it. That's the way some people live. You're fighting against God every, every day. You're trying to do it your way. And maybe it's not wickedness. Maybe you're trying to do good things, but you're not 
not, you're doing it without the favor of God. Why in the world would you try to walk through the briar patch when God's got a sidewalk right next to it? Choose the sidewalk. Choose wisdom. Choose obedience. It's a different way to live. Look at Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 34. I look at verse 33. Hear instruction and be wise. Refuse it not. What's that? Instruction and wisdom. Verse 34. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. Who's the my here? This is wisdom. This is a personification of wisdom. Verse 35. For whoso findeth me, that's wisdom, findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. You want God's favor? Be wise. Choose wisdom. Obey God. Uh, look at uh, Proverbs chapter 14. We're talking about having favor in the eyes of God and man. Now, if you get God's favor, He'll make even your enemies be at peace with you. But here the Bible says the s- wisdom has the same effect on people in your life. Uh, Proverbs chapter 14, and look at verse 35. The king's what? Favor is toward a who? Wise servant, but his wrath is against him that causeth shame. It's very simple. If you want the favor of your boss, do what the boss says. If you Children, if you want the favor of your parents, do what your parents say. I, I tell my kids sometimes this because life's complicated and it, it, there's just a lot of moving parts. But sometimes I'll just stop my children I'll remind them it's very easy to make dad happy. It's very easy to make dad happy. Do right. Obey God. Obey your parents. I'm happy. But his wrath is against him who causes shame. You want to kick against the pricks? You want to go your own way? You want to be stubborn? You want to be stiff-necked? You want to have an attitude? Man, don't appreciate that. People don't, friends don't appreciate that. Coworkers don't. Nobody appreciates that. God has built within us that when someone is doing a good job, doing good things, we have a natural affinity towards them. If someone is doing a poor job or doing the wrong things, we have a natural disgust towards that. You want to be in favor with God and man? Choose wisdom. Be wise. Obey the Lord. All right, how to gain favor with God and man? Number two, understanding. Look at Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13 And verse 15. Good understanding giveth what? Favor. But the way of transgressors is hard. Now some of you have that part memorized and you should. The way of transgressors is hard. You know, you, just like I just said, you kick against the pricks, you want to go your own way, you want to fight against God, you want to fight against what is and what's right. That's a hard, that's a hard path. It's like walking through the briar patch. That's like slogging through the mud. But see, good understanding giveth favor. And wisdom and understanding are two of of the big three in the Bible. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding in the book of Proverbs, those are the big three. And uh, knowledge is knowing the facts. Wisdom is applying the facts or applying the truth. Knowledge is understanding why you should do the truth. Uh, Seeing beyond just the simple act of obedience and seeing how it all fits together. Seeing why that's good. 
And that's why in the Bible, it's knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And that's the way we experience it in life. First, we know what to do, and then we choose to do it. And then we look back and say, oh, now I see why I should have done it that way. Or the opposite's true. We know what to do. We choose not to do it. We get punished. And then we say, oh, now I see why I should have done it the right way in the first place. See, understanding comes after wisdom. And truly, you can only have understanding when you choose wisdom. And understanding is beautiful because it allows you to see beyond the facade. It allows you to see beneath the surface. It allows you to see the moving parts of things. It's a discernment that I not only know what to do, I know why. And I not only know what is right, and I not, but I know how to apply what is right to this situation. I know how to apply wisdom to this and to that and to this. It's understanding. And understanding gives favor. But if you want to walk through life like a brute, if you want to go through life without thinking, and being headstrong and putting your head down like a bull and just going forward. It's my way or the highway. This is how God made me. Put up with it. This is who I am. That way's hard. That way's hard. But you do it God's way and you get favor. And God says, Hey, I like that. You got some understanding. You got wisdom. You got understanding. People in your life like that, you say, Wow, they not only do the right thing, but there's just something about them. They they seem to consistently make good choices they seem to be faithful at doing the right things that's the favor of god and man all right we've seen number one wisdom number two understanding number three mercy and truth look at proverbs chapter three if you want god's favor you're getting the recipe right here wisdom understanding Mercy and truth. Look at Proverbs chapter 3 and the famous verses, excuse me, famous verses, verses 3 and 4, and this leads into verses 5 and 6. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee, bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thy heart. Why? So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. And then trust in the Lord. See, with this mercy and truth is so important. Mercy and truth speaks to how you see the world, how you make decisions. Mercy is, I'm not going to necessarily give someone what they deserve, but truth means I'm going to call it like it is. And what we're talking about here is a just person, a fair person. Someone who knows the truth and holds to the truth, but they don't beat you up with the truth. And there's two extremes in Christianity. Sometimes we have people that go around and nothing's wrong, everything's okay. That's not a sin, there's really no sins, God just loves everybody, it's all mercy, it's all grace, it's all love. That's wrong. Because if you focus too much on mercy, you do that at the expense of the truth. But then wait, on the other side is those who focus on the truth. These are the pharisaical type Christians. These are the Christians that they know the truth and they will beat you with it. They will remind you every time you fail. They will point out every inconsistency. They will remind you that you're a sinner. 
They will not let you forget that you failed. You didn't meet the mark. You came short. How many of you love hanging around people like that? No. But neither do you need to hang around people that just excuse everything you do and say. This is why mercy and truth together is so important because it's that balance. I'll tell you the truth, but I won't beat you to death with it. I will speak the truth in love. I will hold you accountable, but I won't hold you down. It's justice. It's fairness. This is Christ when they brought to him the woman found in adultery. He didn't excuse her sin. He didn't say, oh, that's okay. That's no big deal. He said, go, mercy, and sin no more. Truth. What she did was a sin, but he also had mercy. And see, mercy and truth is a Christ-likeness in your spirit. We must hold to the truth in a world that doesn't want to hear it. But we also need to speak it in love. We need to be merciful, kind, tender-hearted, loving, but tell the truth. This is honesty mixed with sincerity. It's steel covered in velvet, strength, and beauty. It's how you gain favor with God and man. How many of you have ever been rebuked by somebody and it was hard, but you knew they loved you? We can handle that. How many of you have ever been beat over the head with something by someone who they were saying the truth, but they did it with no thought of what the truth was doing to you? How many times have you in your life had people excuse everything you do and you keep going on hurting yourself and those around you? That didn't help you at all. See, mercy and truth, God says, oh, I like that because you remind me of my son. And the world says, wow, I like that. Because I need the truth. But thank you for not killing me with it. It's how to get favor with God and man. Number one, wisdom. Number two, understanding. Number three, mercy and truth. Number four, righteousness. Look at Proverbs chapter 11. Righteousness. You want God's favor? You want the spotlight of God's goodness shown on your life? His supernatural aid, His assistance? The disposition to help you, have others help you. Righteousness. Proverbs chapter 11, look at verse 27. He that diligently seeketh good procureth or getteth favor. But he that seeketh mischief, it shall come unto him. See, if you go around looking for mischief, it's going to find you. You want to get in sin, you will. By the way, do you know why you sin? Because you want to. Do you know why you sin? Because you look for it. Some of you right now might be planning and scheming, hiding things from your spouse, from your parents, from your friends, from the church, scheming. Oh, you'll find all kinds of sin, but it'll come with all kinds of mischief. But what happens if you look for good? What if you're looking for righteousness? What if you're looking for ways to do the right thing? 
how can I obey God? Not, not why do I have to. Not, not what can I get away with, but God, what would please you? Lord, what would make you happy? What's best for my family? What's best for my spouse? Righteousness. And see, when you diligently seeketh good, you'll find favor. Look at Proverbs 2, excuse me, Proverbs 12. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 2. A good man obtaineth favor of the Lord. But a man of wicked devices, he will condemn. The word devices there speaks of imaginations, just like we talked about. You're looking for bad. You're trying to figure out what you can get away with. God condemns that mess. But God loves a good man. A man that says, God, I want to be good. I want to please you. I want to live like you. God says, I'll shine my light on you. I'll give you favor. Proverbs 5.12 says, For thou, excuse me, Psalm 5.12 says, For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous with favor, wilt thou compass him as with a shield. So you want to gain the favor of God and men, righteousness. See, even the people in your life, the men in your life, the people in your life, they need you to do right. I had a job one time when I was in Bible college where they spent much of their spare time thinking it was funny trying to get me to sin. But you know what? If they had won, it would have devastated every one of them. They needed me to do right. And because of that, they treated me differently. I'm working the job, and my, they'd call me preacher. I wasn't a preacher yet. I mean, I, I was, but not in their world. I was working second shift at their shop. But God has the, when you seek righteousness, God has a way of shining the light on you, but then other people give you favor. Even if at the time they might be fighting against you and themselves, it all works out to eventually you get their favor. I remember when my, some of my family members thought I was crazy for serving God. You're going to serve God with your life? You're not going to go to college? You're not going to go to the military? I had several people tell me, you're ruining your life. Later they told me, boy, that was a wise decision. I have had family who thought I was brainwashed say, thank you for serving God. So you please the Lord and eventually the favor of man comes. How do you gain the favor of God and man? Wisdom, understanding, mercy and truth, righteousness. Look at Proverbs chapter 28. Number five, we see here honesty. Honesty. Proverbs 28 and verse 23. He that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with the tongue. People appreciate honesty. Even if they don't want to hear it at first, even if it's hard to hear, they appreciate honesty. Now remember, mercy and truth, you can be honest and be a jerk. You can be honest and have the spirit of the accuser. But people need honesty. We need accountability. We need people in our lives stirring us to do better and to warn us when we're going off track. 
And let me encourage you, we live in a, lies, in, in a world where lying is not even seen as a sin anymore. We live in a world of pragmatism. Well, if it gets the job done. I'm glad that our Savior wasn't a liar. I'm glad that God doesn't lie to us, that we can see His words and know that He means what He says and says what He means. Jesus said, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Say what you mean, mean what you say. I tell my family, I don't swear, I don't promise, I mean what I say. Someone will say, well, do you promise? I don't need to promise. I want my yea to be yea and my nay to be nay. Live the, if, you, if you're always telling people, oh, I promise, that means the rest of your words don't mean anything. If you have to look at someone and say, no, I really swear this time, that means your words don't mean anything anymore. Strive to live the kind of life where people, people know, oh, they mean what they say. That means you have to learn to follow through. At times you'll forget things. At times it'll be a, a learning process of not taking on too much upon you, of learning to follow through, of learning to keep track of your commitments, all of those things. We live in a very complicated world. But have the type of verbal testimony where people think you mean what you say. If I tell my kids, stop, if you do that again, I want them to know what I mean is, if they do that again, not two more times, not three more times, not five times, if you tell someone no, let it mean no. If you tell someone yes, let it mean yes. Honesty earns favor with God and man. Here's the truth. If you are dishonest with people, it's because you're being dishonest with yourself first. The way you stop lying is you learn to be honest to God and honest with yourself, and then honesty with other people follow. In your prayer closet, and this is why when you don't pray, so many bad things happen. In your prayer closet, God strips away all of the facade and it's just you and God. Be honest with God. Be honest with yourself. And then you learn how to be honest with people. Amen? And then we say, lastly, how to gain favor with God. Prayer. Look at Psalm 106. Gain favor with God and man, number one, wisdom, number two, understanding, number three, mercy and truth, number four, righteousness, number five, honesty, number six, prayer. We need to ask God for his favor. Psalm 106, verse four, remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people, O visit with me with thy salvation that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I may glory with thine inheritance. You want God's favor? Pray for it. Add God's favor to your prayer list. And every day when you pray, say, Lord, I ask for your favor. I ask for your special attention. I ask for your special grace on my life today. And he can give it. Look at Psalm 119. 
our final verse, Psalm 119. I want you to see it, Psalm 119 and verse 58. Psalm 119 and verse 58. Look at it, such, such a sweet verse. I entreated, I asked for, I begged for, I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. See, the psalmist here knew how important the favor of God was. You know why we don't ask for God's favor? Because perhaps we didn't even know it was available, we didn't know we should, or perhaps we just don't value it. i got to get up early and try to make it through the briars today. i got to get up early today and try to make it through the swamp. I lost a boot yesterday in the mud. i, I got to push through. i got to work harder I've got to make it happen. I've got to manipulate and dominate using every carnal and earthly means to do what I think needs to happen. Or maybe you just need to go to God and say, God, I need your favor. You know, it's a good day when you realize you don't have the strength to make it without God. It's a good day when you get to the end of your rope and you stop thinking you're sufficient. And you've got it all under control. You've got enough money and you've got decent health and you've got enough opportunity. You've got plenty to do, so I'll just keep on going along. But what if starting tonight, you said every day for the rest of my life, I'm going to ask God for His favor. I love the Old Testament phrase, the psalmist would pray for the Lord to smile upon him. And that's the same idea, the favor of God. Would you pray every day, God, would you smile upon me today? Would you shine your spotlight of grace to me? Would you supernaturally aid me? Help me to accomplish what you want today. Lord, I yield myself to you. I can't make it on my own. I entreat with my whole heart, oh God, I beg you for your favor. Then when you get God's favor, it's amazing the boss treats you a little different. Spouse treats you a little different. Kids treat you a little different. Parents treat you a little different. Friends act different. Opportunities open up that weren't there before. Life almost takes on an ease. Not that it's easy but it's easier. Because what did Jesus say? My yoke is easy. My burden is light. We need God's favor. It is possible for you to have supernatural favor with God and man. Why in the world wouldn't you seek it? Take a moment right now as we finish and think about how would your life change if you had God's favor. I want you to think about it right now. What would change? What would change in your heart? What would change in your life? What's been so hard for you? What's been so difficult? What, what do you keep beating your head against the wall for? And it's like nothing changes and nothing happens and you work so hard and it's just not coming and it's just, 
You're just so worn out and you're so tired. You don't know if you can keep. God, I entreat you for your favor with my whole heart. Smile upon me. Shine upon me. It's a life changer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for allowing us to learn these six steps to gain favor with God man. Pray that you would help us spend the rest of our lives striving for your favor. That we would add it to our prayer list. That we would make decisions with it in mind. That we would strive for wisdom, understanding, mercy and truth, righteousness, honesty. Because Lord, if you're happy with us, everything else falls into place. Smile upon us, Lord. And perhaps even tomorrow, give us some of this favor so we have a taste of it. So we know what it's like. Once we taste it, we'll never want to live without it. Heads about, eyes are closed. The Lord spoke to your heart tonight. Don't just sit there. Don't just run out the door. Take a moment. Nail some things down. Walk an aisle. Ask God for His favor. If there's anything between you and the Lord, ask Him for forgiveness. And start putting these things in your life. Make them a priority in your life. Let's stand. As the piano plays, the altar is open. Who wants the favor of God? Who wants favor with God and man? Don't be stubborn and grumpy and angry and bitter and frustrated.